What's the one thing in baseball you can't have too much of? Starting pitching. We're going to go deep from the majors to the minors, from A-ball to the complex leagues. You're going to find out all you could need and more about the Cleveland Guardians starting pitching for 2022, 2023, I should say, and beyond on today's Locked on Guardians. You are Locked on Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Guardians. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com backslash locked on today to get started. Uh, I want to take a moment. I'm Jeff Ellis. Uh, I spent many years talking prospects in the draft. And uh, now I get to talk with my lovely co-host over, I guess, this side, Justin. <laughs> Only a hand was appearing on your screen now you know, for the full weird I'll, effect. I'll give you a high um, five. How's that sound? There we go. Um, virtual high five. Virtual high five. Uh, we are going to go you know, pitching. What arguably every team needs. No matter how comfortable you feel, you're either looking to upgrade it, you're looking for depth, or you're looking for the next guy up. So we're going to start talking about the, the MLB roster. We're going to get into the deep, deep prospect pool of pitchers. Uh, and we're just going to, we're going to also, t- we've had some questions. We're going to try and predict the rotation at each level as well. So you're going to get to hear about, you know, what uh, four levels of, of the minors now rotations plus uh, a major league rotation. But let's start with that major league rotation. Uh, and, and before we get into that, two quick old friend alerts. Roberto Perez to the Giants. Interesting, in spite of all of his injuries, that there was a bidding war for him. We still know what he signed for. Right, uh, and I believe there's a third team. I can't remember who it was. And then Yandy Diaz signing uh, one of the most team-friendly contracts I've ever seen. Three years, $24 million, that buys out a year of free agency. But for a guy who never got much of a signing bonus, I mean, that's huge money for him. So good for Yandy. Um, but yeah, just wanted to throw those out uh, before we talked about starters. And last uh, COA they're not trading Shane Bieber this year unless things go horrifically wrong. Like I, I still see people like what's a Shane Bieber to the Padres deal look like. I'm like, do the Padres have anything left? Like no, their no. their meat has been picked over their bones left. Okay. Uh, Jackson Merrill and Dylan, Dylan Lesko. Lesko. And, yeah. and Jackson Merrill, but it's like uh, Cleveland isn't selling their, their ace no. for too far away prospects. Like they're just not, going to happen uh so yeah it's uh you know let's just let's put that full hold stop it's not to say that a reliever couldn't go to san diego at some point this year there will be a san diego cleveland deal i'm gonna call it now uh likely i think for a reliever at some point this year because again cleveland will trade trade from the ridiculous depth uh i'd have to go look at the ethan salas (laughs) will not be ethan salas unfortunately no uh you know i wouldn't be surprised if it's just you know, it, like, let's put it this way. It, there could be a situation where it's like, you know, if anything happens to Zanino, it's like Austin Nola could be a nice backup if uh, if Naylor isn't ready to go or even if he is and they want more of a vet. Uh, Adam Engel, Ohio zone. I'm kidding. I don't know what it would look like. Uh, San Diego's bullpen, you know, th- they have some good guys at the top, but they have some uncertainty and, 
I have no idea what said deal would look like, but yeah, there's nothing it's, there. It's, it's, it's the Padres and it's the Guardians, so a trade is going to happen because that's what they do. They didn't have a trade last year, so I feel like the the clock is ticking, right? I'd say bring home Drew Pomeranz, but if they're trading for a reliever, they're not getting, they're not letting a reliever go. So, but let's talk. I'll starting. take, I, I'll take oh, Johnny Hamza. By the way, I saw him last year in Fort Wayne. I'll take Johnny Hamza. Yeah, he was fun I, last year in I, Fort Wayne. Uh, Drake Cronenworth. That's that's what we need to get is Cronenworth. Ooh. Uh, okay. All right. So uh, the Guardians. Yeah, they did not trade a started this off season. They did not. We thought they would. I guess they still could. I mean, it's January 31st. Pitchers and catchers don't report for another two weeks. Didn't uh, the, things could happen? Things could happen. The Orioles just brought in some like nice depth, but like I mean, that's kind of the one people thought is maybe Baltimore. Uh, you know, they're not going to trade with the with the White Sox, but there's a team who suddenly needs a fifth starter. Um, maybe the Padres yeah. would be interested in like yeah. Zach Plesac. I don't know. Like potentially, I mean. They, They're starting Seth Lugo. Is Seth Lugo? Is he? He he's has been, been a reliever a, for the Mets. He has right? been a starter at points, but it's not gone well when he has been a starter. Health he, has been an issue. Jeff, he hasn't started a game since 2020. He didn't start yes. a game the last two seasons. No, so. that's what I'm saying. He's been a reliever, but at least he he did start at times. But it was not effectiveness went down when he was a starter. Um, Boy, their depth is scary. By the way, they have Adrian Morahone, who is solid. But after that, in the minor leagues, it's Jay Groom and Brett Honeywell, who guys who've never stayed healthy. And then after that, it's Reese Kinnair and Pedro Avila and Ryan Weathers. Like the only guy that's somewhat reliable is, he, is Ryan Weathers. Their bullpen has no starters. Um, and Nick Martinez hasn't he had a bit of reliever at points too. Like oh I yeah, didn't he was that. a reliever at points for them. Uh, I mean, I guess did you mention Ryan Weathers? I know he hasn't been. I did, yeah. But he's you know, I did like him a lot in his draft year. But again, like. He, Okay, there's, you know, if, if they traded, like, can, can I offer this? Uh, please ask. Johnny Hamza for please ask? Yeah, okay. How about, uh, I, I don't know Johnny Hamza as well, but what about uh, Hamza for uh, please, for Hamza and Weathers for please ask? Like, I feel like Weathers is the perfect guy for Cleveland to try to fix. Just to, you know, to go Yeah, out. do they really have? San Diego's really so bad room? at p- pitching development. They are. Hamza, by the way, I, I don't know. I must have... Uh, must have been. I must have remembered him in 2021. He didn't play last year at uh, at uh, High. He played the complex, so he must have gotten hurt. Maybe it was 2021. I remember him. But. I mean, Matt Waldron is has a maybe a chance to start for them this year, and not bring him like back a, home. I mean, he's it's it's ugly in San Diego. But let's go back to our Cleveland rotation. Yeah. Uh, Bieber isn't going anywhere, in spite of his you know much ado about the declining velocity that he hasn't been as good since that Cy Young year, which, again, he got to face the Centrals, which were mostly warmed over trash those years. No no offense, but, like, those were not good teams in the Centrals. Uh, He was one of the most effective pitchers in the American League. Uh, To me, he was a top-five pitcher. 200 innings, you don't see as many guys get to there anymore. He misses bats. He doesn't walk a lot of guys. He's he's a true ace. He is a number one. Tristan McKenzie had some ups and downs. I mean, at the start of the year, he was pretty terrible for those first two months. Uh, then he got sent down very briefly. It wasn't even like it was a long one. And he came back up and was almost like a different guy, had a fantastic year, uh, 3.6 F4, looked like a solid number two type with maybe some number one ceiling. His FIP, you know, left a little bit of desired. His his home run rate was very high. And that's kind of... The, that's always going to be a thing for him. thing for him. But, 
you look at the line and the FIPS are, are different between him and Shane Beaver, but th- their K percentages are almost the same. Their walk percentages are very close. Uh, Beaver has a few more ground balls, but like their home run rates are very similar. They're, they had a lot of things that are close. You have those two who I think are legitimate, like a ace and a number two with ace. I, I still think McKenzie has some growth potential I mean, maybe he can add like, a few miles per hour. I mean, he's got to still be like the skinniest guy in baseball uh, if he thickens out at some point. But, uh, you know, I you have those two at the top. Uh, is there any thought that anyone else is going to move them out this year from those top two spots, barring injury or unlikely trade? Barring injury, I mean, I mean, they have prospects who could. Like, I think... Not maybe not this year. Like a Speedo Williams and Bybee could all ascend to number two and number one status. I think if everything breaks right, but I don't think it's going to be this year for sure. Um, I just check in to go back through. And McKenzie, I don't think spent any time in the minor leagues last year, did he? That was twenty twenty one. I thought he came out. He came out of the bullpen like for the first game because of how they were how they were um, planning the rotation okay. because so of the, the short spring training. So he spent the full year up here last year, and he earned. That five hundred thousand um, dollar yes but bonus. Wasn't it, so it was he didn't go down, but there was that. Am I wrong? Wasn't there a rough patch at the start of the year where he just could not, or was it that it was the inconsistency game to game that was the big issue? He might have been. Well, he came out of that bullpen in the, for the first game because of the, the rotation yeah. and the off days. Um, I don't know. He had a pretty good. He was good. All uh, he had a bad J- July. He had a bad July where he gave up a bunch of home runs, but no, the reason he had a bad July is well, no, they were all bad. I'm sorry. No, yeah, up, I mean May and April up, was. His I'm sorry, ex- it was June. June was bad. He gave up. He gave up 21 runs in June, and it was five, six, and seven across mm-hmm. three three uh, three starts. And, he had a couple starts in between. March, April, and May weren't great. Like those are, uh, you know, his ex-fip was very high, and May May was. You know, his regular fit yeah. was okay in March and April because his home run rate was, for him, abnormally low. But we do see, he like... Had more good months than bad months last yeah, year. he, he did. Had, and he again, had... he, he turned it around. Like, you look at the first half versus the second. I mean, his second... His first half FIP was a 422, his second half FIP a 289. Like, he was definitely... And, and that's why you're hoping he found that second gear because the second half, he got better as the year... He, I, mean, n- I mean, not even second half. He just got better as the year went on. Yeah, and his start against the Yankees in, in the LDS wasn't great. His start against the Rays was good. That was that was good to see because remember in twenty twenty, which we're not taking anything in twenty twenty really because it's twenty twenty. But he did not have a good start or not didn't have a good outing. And I think he came out of the bullpen against the Yankees in twenty twenty in that weird series. But uh, his start against the Yankees this past postseason was not good. The one against the Rays was, but I think he's got enough in the tank right now to be a number two starter. In the playoffs that, at the end of the year, I just think it depends on which prospects emerge and if they do yeah. it this year. I think he is a guy that is, um, you know, kind of Pablo Lopez esque, where like I, I don't think you, you just don't want to push him too strong. Like, you know, he's probably just a two times through the order and then flip type, but I think he can be excellent at that. Like I said, I think he's a good two borderline one. Um, and you're just hoping, like I said, maybe he can, add, I, I don't know if he's ever going to add bulk. <laughs> it feels like that's, he never has. No. It, and it, that's some part of, we, we saw the inconsistent velocities a point and we've seen like things, uh, kind of come and go for him in terms of, of that. And that's why I think you're kind of looking at more of a, 
a, you know, a six and a half, six inning guy, get him twice through the order. He's going to be dominant for those innings and don't pressure luck. I don't even know if it's the time to, well, time to the order doesn't matter, but I mean, if you want to count outs with him, I think you can feel good about him getting you 16, I'm sorry, eight, 18 to 20 outs a game, maybe 16 on a bad day. Uh, anywhere from 16 to 20 outs a game, I think, is, is where you can expect him to be um, at some point. So I think that's fair, and I think that's that's still his his good. He's going to have more good outings than bad. It's just he's going to have stretches where maybe there's something off command-wise, maybe he gives up home runs. And then that's why he's probably like a number two, maybe even a, a good a good number three. Like if he is your number three starter, that would be even more ideal. Like if you could go out and acquire – a pitcher this year, like a Corbin Burns or a Brandon Woodruff or whoever, you know, whoever else, if there's any, if there's any kind of pitching out of the market you can go get. Or if, if one of those prospects ever does ascend, I don't know if it'll be this year, but I, you know, it'd be great to be able to push Tristan McKenzie back as your third starter. And then I guess a year from now you have to revisit if Shane Bieber is still in your rotation a year from now, because uh, while we're pretty sure he'll be starting all his games this year for the guardians, 2024 could be a very different story. So, I think I think McKenzie is fine as a two. I think maybe ideally he's your third best starter, especially when you're talking about having a rotation with like Cal Quantrill or Plesak or Savali in it, because those are guys you would prefer not to be number four, and those are guys. I, I don't know. I think Cal is more than a number five, but he's not quite a number three. Like, mm. tell me if well, you well, think it would well, be. Well, I think we should save them for segment two, just because we're running a little long here on our first one. So before we dive too deeply into them, we should probably take our first break and then come back and talk about that second grouping. I think it's very clear there's a top two, two guys you trust in the playoffs, and then the next three. So why don't we're going to come back, talk about those next three arms, as well as some of the top prospects in system on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. So make sure you are tuning in for that. But first, let's talk about our good friends over at FanDuel. Brand new sponsor. I love a brand new sponsor. I can't talk about too much, but we actually have another sponsor coming uh, in the next few months that is another one I'm super excited about. But let's talk about the newest of the new sponsors. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you're... You can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to the sports, to the points spreads to who will score a touchdown. Uh, if you're curious, right now, FanDuel has the Guardians and the White Sox tied for at plus 160 for the division, 250 for the Twins. I feel like the Twins should be higher than the White Sox after the offseason. The White Sox yes. the bad. Go yes. put money down on the Guardians so, if that's the case. If I'm betting on this one, yeah, I I would be probably betting the twins because I feel like the plus two fifty would be enough to make me do that. Um, but I do like the Guardians. Like those are the only two teams I would legitimately bet on for the division. Uh, the FanDuel, <laughs> no, they are a worse team than they are. Uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. Uh, so join FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl fifty seven. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more. With FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL.
sorry, a little slow there. So I, you know, I think you feel good with those first two arms, McKenzie and Bieber as playoff pitchers. We can debate where McKenzie falls on the, you know, the line, but you feel good about him. The next three, I think there's varying degrees of comfort. So I cut you off. One of everyone's favorite. I just need to cough in the mic now. And um, I, I can't remember what the other thing. I mispronounce a name uh, and, and we'll get bingo. Or if, I, I don't know if it's turned into a drinking game yet and, and someone just passed out. But um, uh, <laughs> somewhere. Somewhere. I mean, always. Uh, Cal Quantrell. Quantrell is interesting from the perspective that, you know, he is the guy where people always want to talk about, well, maybe the metrics don't quite measure him because a lot of the metrics do rely on K rate and Quantrell is not that guy. I think Quantrell is a solid starter. I had someone ask me recently, and I'll ask you this question, would he be someone that you would want to give an extension to? I no. don't know. Yeah. I think like, depends on, the, is, depends on the numbers. Yeah. It, he is kind of what he is. And I agree with you. I don't know if he's a three, I, He's not a five. I mean, he's definitely like a solid four, but he, if you're going to trade one of these three starters, he's probably the one you trade because he's the one who actually has value. Value, right. You know? Yeah. I, I'm sure there's a team out there that would love to have Cal Quantrill and he would be like, I don't want to say a known quantity, but he would be just a very dependable starter for a team that probably needs one. But also Cleveland needs a dependable starter. Like exactly. Plesak is not a dependable starter because he's had his own, his own self-inflicted injuries, and he's had you know, hurt his hand taking off his shirt, punching the mound. Uh, you know, his the COVID violations. Yeah, I mean, his agents driving around while filming a video and talking and not paying attention to the road. His agents, yeah. like, it, it's very weird to see an agency drop someone when there's not a like he hasn't had done anything big. Like, th- this isn't like yeah. some of the other players we've talked about. There's not a big, you know, thing. But he's just there's so many, many. Yeah. so many. I mean. So many small things that uh, you don't know what's going on there. But, you know, Quantrell has been worth two wins every year. He has been a he doesn't walk anyone. The home run rate is OK. Uh, he doesn't strike out enough guys to be super effective. I and mean, he's just the definition of kind of league average to a little bit more. And he's just reliable. He's a reliable back end starter. And there's value in that. I could see Cleveland trading like a year from now. I don't think they'll do it now. No, unless unless like there are pitchers just knocking on the door that absolutely need opportunities that you are like, okay, we can't keep them out of the rotation. But I think they would maybe move on from Plesac and Savali first. But I think that also comes in the form of a non-tender this pat this coming off season, and not they wouldn't move him now unless like there was like some real good deal to be had. I don't know. It, it really depends on. Like I can't imagine this team trying to win a playoff game or playoff series this year, and saying, "Okay, we'll go with Bieber, and McKenzie. We'll go with Allen." I mean, I guess you could. Danny Salazar did start a wild card game, although Justin Masterson would have started that game because if he was healthy, so they weren't. Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't Salazar have done that. was also like, I mean, his stuff was filthy at that time. Like, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm saying because that I'm saying would this team rely on like a Williams or a Spino? And I guess they could because those yeah. that's the same level of stuff we're talking about. But I also, I think Masterson would have started that game if he had been healthy. So it wouldn't have been, but I'm just, I'm thinking like who, who would they rely on in the playoffs? And I'm like, I, maybe they rely on Quantrill more than Plesak or Savali, but they want them around. I don't know. So could it be Morris? Yeah, that's, that's the other question. I mean, it's the, so, the innings camp, but could it be? Oh, look at who had that prepared. I didn't even I know was, you had that was, ready to go. Already. Yeah. So 
I think we agree. Like the starting rotation, barring something coming up here in the next two three weeks. Yeah. Was that? I mean, somebody in, in the first week of spring training always gets hurt. There's yeah. always somebody who has, you know, and Tommy John. Their elbows barking. They have some sort of injury, and that could be Cleveland. That could be somebody else. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule out like a team losing a starter and calling Cleveland, being like, "Hey, can we get Quantrill? Can we get Plesac? Can we get Savali? And, and see what happens." And that could open the door for somebody, but barring anything like that, where does yeah. Cody Moore start the year in the bullpen? Because if not, if he doesn't start the year in the bullpen, he's going back to AAA. And yeah. what is his role in AAA? Because AAA, we're going to get into, we're going to get into all the rotations. What in the I, world does he do at AAA? I, I think he. I, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll debate it in segment three or, or in the after show, but I think he does start the year in AAA. Just continuing to build up innings after missing time a year ago. Like you need him and they start a role. Uh, you know, I don't think there's going to be a spot for him because, you know, but you know, there's reasons to think there's more in Savale than what he showed last year. Again, health has been his bugaboo. Uh, I love, you Saros to death. He had a tweet from, and I don't remember who he was quoting about the healthiest rotations of baseball are the ones most likely to be healthiest. And Cleveland was three. Which and- is wild. Considering Which is Savali wild and- because Savali has never had a healthy season in the majors and the minors, never a completely healthy season. Police yeah. has been a disaster zone. McKenzie it's he's been healthy one, outside of that healthy season. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of that time in the minors where he missed a bunch of, where he had like his Espino like season where, or maybe more Cantillo yeah. get more of a Cantillo like run for about two years there. And then, I mean, Bieber, he, I mean, he missed more than half of the 2021 season. So it's like, right. and in that season, everyone we talked about also missed time with injury. So uh, that was mind blowing to me to be like, yeah, they're the third healthiest rotation. Wait, what? But is that, but that may not necessarily be that they're healthy. It means everybody else is also having bigger yes. injury issues. But I think, you know, there, well, we, you know, it, the, if you're, Oh, that was just, that was great radio slash podcast there. If you're looking for why they haven't traded police act, it's because it's a solo right now. Last year was his worst season. And, what he maybe does best is control a running game, his pickoff move and everything else, which might be more valuable. So Could there be. is there is a world where they're trying to rehabilitate value. And if they do feel like someone like Morris is ready by June, uh, you know, there is their old friend San Diego who probably are gonna need a starter around June. They've done those early I mean, the Brad Hand deal was beginning of July, right? Like they have done those those It was early, after the All Star break. It was the day after the All Star game. So, but I mean, they have still a relatively early trade for that. Like they, I don't think they would hesitate to pull a trigger. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know exactly when the Clevenger deal was in that weird 2020 season. It's hard to say like what that was, like relative to all yeah. things. But uh, you know, that was like the last it, day. Yeah, it it's it's a weird. Uh, he's in a weird situation. Like he has been, so he's a great success story for this team as a day three pick. Um, is has had some, I mean, but at the same time, his highest war is still that 2020 season when he threw 55 innings. Right. And all against the central. So yeah. is Cody Morris a, is he a reliever? Is he a depth starter guy? Cause that's the question. Like right now I could see him being in the bullpen because it just makes sense for him to be in the bullpen because they, he'd be a great weapon out there. And, there's just no room at the end in AAA, and I know you need you need depth stars at AAA. So right now, the AAA rotation we can just kind of skip ahead a little bit. Your AAA rotation is something like Curry and Gaddis, who have a little bit of experience. I'm sorry, Pilkington, 
has experience yeah. from last year. He is probably if, if Morris is in your bullpen, Pilkington is your first option because he has the most experience from last year, likely. And then you have Curry and Gaddis, who both had a little little taste last year. Cantil was on the 40, but I think they're going to have to be careful with him this year, just building his arm back up mm-hmm. after the shoulder issues. And that is it for guys on the 40. Like, they don't yeah, have right? a lot of guys down there. There are some teams that have, like, their entire double-A AA and triple-A rotation is on the 40-man roster. And as we've been talking about all offseason, there's not a lot of roster fodder. So if you need to get, like, Trademark know, how- Tony Lastoria. Right, but how you like? How are you going to get Peyton Battenfield on the roster if you decide that you need him for a start? How are you going to get, you know, Tuki Toussaint on the roster if you decide? That's another question too. It, it, it sounds like Tuki, yeah, it sounds like he's going to have some sort of multi-inning relief role, but he's going to be in AAA to start the year unless he just has like a bang-up camp. But like, it's not deep in AAA, which is the issue. Like, you could always make Morris and Morgan like a little tandem opener if you ever need a spot start those guys can both go like three innings a piece um depends on how stretched out they are you wouldn't be able to use them the next day and they both have i think morgan morgan i think still has an option uh yeah he'll have, he'll have one op two options this year morris still is all three they, they were really smart about morris last year by the way if you didn't notice this i didn't i didn't think about this but um morris was added to the 40-man roster and then he was put on the 60-day il for, on the major league squad because they couldn't. Um, didn't have space. They, they, they didn't were have just space. in a mess. They, 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 they used that open, you know, with him and Vargas. But, they were just juggling. But you know what that did? That put him in AAA. They didn't. He got service time for that, but he didn't burn an option because he was in AAA on rehab when he came back. So that didn't burn the option. And as soon as his uh, rehab was over, he was called up. So Cleveland never burned an option on on Cody Moore. So that was a pretty nice little nifty move they did there. So those guys both have options. Although in AAA, you have zero, except for Tim Heron, you have no relievers. We're not going to do relievers today, but they have no relievers. Yeah, that's why Tuki um, Dasan, I think, is, is you know, they've kind yeah, of Yeah, but you still got to put him on the 40. No, they're not going to find Oh, room. you mean like someone they can call up. Well, I think that's, like I said, we'll, we're going to take, we, we'll be back in a second to kind of debate this AAA rotation. We still got to talk about Savale a little bit. We really haven't given him his, his moment in the sun. But we're going to be back in a moment to get into who's going to be maybe moving into that relief role, who could be the emergency relievers on this team and you know what could happen to maybe clear some spots to allow for some relief help on today's lockdown guardians. And I, I think, you know, to, to kind of get back to that one, uh, I think Morris, I think Morris is a starter, uh, but he's going to have an innings limit, but I think he is a starter as long as he's healthy. If he has another year with struggling health, I think you just kind of say we're going to be an elite bullpen weapon with the many other elite bullpen weapons. Uh, I think, though, I think Curry with his pitch mix would play up in the pen. And, you know, he was, you know, I think focusing on like two, two and a half pitches. Like, I'm not sure it's 100% a starter's kit for him. I think he's a very good pitcher, but I think he could be – He's a very good minor league pitcher. I think he could be a I think he could be a plus reliever. I don't know if I would say the same about him as a starter, but I think it plays up. And then Hunter Gaddis. I think Gaddis is likely more of a reliever. The one the separator between him and Curry is that change, change up is a, a weapon. Like it is a legitimate weapon that kind of gives him an opportunity to, you know, get out. 
left-handed pitching and, and he's got more velocity on the fastball and it's kind of emerging like that fat he's been slowly adding he's not one of those guys like Bybee where it's all jumped at once we've seen Gaddis kind of add a little bit every year so I think the, and I mean listen the guy's built by like a defensive end so it's not it's huge you know he's huge he's one of the biggest pitchers in the entire system and, you know it's he came from the a, biggest yeah and, and he came from a program that like had never sent anyone to Team USA before. It was not a big school. Like he, he did not, not as a knock on anyone there, but just in general, it's like they hadn't really, ha- they haven't had players like him go through there. He didn't get quite what he would have gotten just in terms of facilities if he had been to a bigger school in terms of working on things. So he's kind of a late bloomer. Like if he had gone to Georgia Tech like Curry, you know, he might have been, a, a would have been a bigger name. Yeah. Um, maybe with some of those, those options that were available. But I think, both of them might have pen pen arms long term, anyways. But I think maybe is that where they go? Um, One of those two guys could arm? be a bullpen. Yeah, I think if there's anybody in your in your in AAA that you're like, okay, this is a guy we can afford to call up and make him a reliever in an emergency where if we burn the bullpen out or somebody gets hurt and more. The question. I, this all goes back to what Morris's role is, though. If Morris is a reliever. And he's in the majors. You've got a different problem. If it's if it's Morris as a starter, I think Morris is probably your first option over Pilkington because he is the next guy who clearly has the best stuff. I would maybe argue Cantillo is on on even footing with Morris in terms of stuff, but Morris has a little more experience in the minors than than Cantillo does. And I guess the more recent, I don't know, both of them have very sketchy health records at this point, but. Um, yeah, I feel like Curry and, Curry and Gaddis are guys you feel like you could move over to the bullpen because look, they they're going to have innings. They they can cover the innings in AAA if they if one of those guys moves up. They have a ton of AAA arms. So let me ask you now on, on January thirty first because this is exactly how it always works. Nothing's going to change. You're definitely going to not regret this, and you're definitely going to get this right. But who is in the rotation for the Guardians? Because remember the opening day roster. It's always the, the thing people worry about, right? We always worry about the open day roster. We always think, oh man, how did the, how did Colin Cowgill make the open day roster? How did Marlon Byrd make that team? How did uh, JB Shuck? How, yeah, or whatever. Like uh, Max Moroff and and uh, I forget who else was on that team. Geez, that was such a bad, uh, bad Eric year. Stamets. Eric yeah, that, those guys all started the year in the big league roster. Everyone's so worried about the about the open day roster. So. This is just as easy to get right, obviously. Who is in the Guardians rotation on, let's say, August 31st? Uh, Tuki Toussaint, Tanner Burns, Adam Scott. I'm kidding. Um, oh, Adam Scott. Oh, poor one out, man. I really I like him. I hope for Adam Scott. I, you know, I for, yeah, you know, I, I, he was one of those guys I thought – no, maybe he turns it around. It's been a rough. That triple, I don't know. There is something to be said about that triple A park uh, messing with pitchers. Like we've seen a few guys like, like Miklo Jack, Allen, Scott really scuffle with their transition. I mean, even um, Tim Heron, we had on the show scuffled a bit. It's the, I'm the still change. blaming the baseball. Uh, yeah. The, I think you're right. It's like, I think it's a mix of, I think it could be a mix of multiple things, but I think the baseball is probably front and center, but there's definitely something uh, throwing guys. Off in part transition. Too. Yeah. That's, it's not, it is. <laughs> Not a pitcher haven, that is okay. Sure. So who who is your sorry? Who is your uh, I think five in August. Bieber, McKenzie, Quantrell, Savale, and I'm kind of debating in my head who I'm going to go with this last one. I I do think 
Plesak gets moved or demoted at some point. I just think we've seen enough where either he's going to pitch well enough that he becomes a trade asset or he's going to pitch poorly enough and not be able to hold on to it. And I think, you know, because he's in that weird situation where he is, he has that extra year of team control, but has an accelerated salary. Uh, so I think either, like I said, he'll he'll move on or he'll be demoted. And then uh, in that fifth role, at the end of the year, because my only knock in Cody Morris and like Joey Cancelo is those guys, they have to build up. Same thing, like I guess Spino needs to be added to the roster at the end of the year, but these are all guys who are going to be on innings limits. So at the end of the year, it's uh, it's harder to have that guy in an innings limit in there, in that role. So... I'm going to say I'm going to say Logan Allen because he needs to be added as well. He's had no health issues. A lefty would be an interesting look. I think he's probably in a good place to maybe rebound. It was, you know, I know a lot of people jump at us for the overreaction to to Valera that there's like this prospect fatigue with like guys like Valera and Rocchio. But it, I think even more than those two guys, where you know when we look at and I don't have, I mean, you and I both were pretty solidly high on Rokio, just how there's like Valera. We did, we do maybe have some fatigue, but it's like Logan Allen, how much is an overreaction to his triple a, like made him tumble right. out of top tens and everything else. And he has to be added to the 40 man at the end of the year. And as we saw them do this past year, like almost everyone who needed to be added to the 40 man was added before the season ended. It was, mm-hmm. you know, Tim Heron and um, Martinez. Well, Tim, the Tim wasn't added until November, but it was, but yeah, but, but like those are Benson the only two. And- yeah, yeah Benson, but they well, added Benson everyone was else. Free agent. Yeah, they added yeah, Naylor, everyone, but Curry, Gaddis, Brennan, Naylor. All, they all got. Yeah, yeah, Curry, Gaddis, Brennan, they all came up. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna go with you for the most part. I'm gonna say Bieber, McKenzie, Quantrill, but I'm also gonna say Logan Allen, and I'm also gonna say Cody Morris. So I'm gonna say Cody Morris takes up one of those pitch, those um, those spots. I think. They either move police act to the bullpen or trade him. And I'll say Savali either gets traded or hurt too. I'll say Allen, Allen and Morris both end the year with the rotation spot. And listen, before we, we go to our after show, I know we have one commenter who, who's been, you know, the, the biggest Aaron Savali defender. And, you know, Aaron Savali, when he was healthy this year, but said he, he was someone else who the, the start of the year was rough. And but there's some really good numbers under the hood, but I think it's just the reason you and I are both kind of iffy on him is just the health. He's it's never stayed with him. It has been an issue. I was just pulling up his savant data very quickly because I think that's where like the under the hood stuff looked really good when you look at it. But yeah, like his his walk percentage was 87th, his K rate 60, his chase rate 64, his curve spin is 95, his fastball spin 94 but he doesn't have velocity and doesn't have extension. So it's like the spin is almost balanced out by really low velocity, really low expense extension. So it's more of an average pitch. And, you know, I, he's a solid starter. If he pitches, listen, I hope please seconds of both pitch well and they become interesting trade assets. But I think with both those guys getting more expensive, it makes more same thing with like, Quantrell might get traded because he's going to get expensive. Like he is in third year of arbitration. He was worth what? 5.5 million this year. He might be in line to be nine next year and they might decide that's too much. So he might get traded because of that. Yeah, I think that's, that's something the case. I think, I, I don't know. I think he'll pitch well when he's healthy. I'm just going to say he probably either gets hurt again or they do trade him. And 
I can see Plesak going to the bullpen if they hang on to him just because he's not getting that much money and they could use him out of the pen. I thought I think he pitched out of the bullpen in the playoffs against Tampa Bay in that marathon, and he actually looked pretty good. So did he actually there's always that. that one? I think he did pitch. I'm pretty sure I was there. I should know, but let me tell you, when you spend 15 innings in a ballpark and you're there two hours before first pitch because it's a 12 o'clock start, um, I'll just say that that was the first time I think I've ever had a beer. I, the first time I had a beer before noon since college. So we're, we're talking over over 10 years at that point. So um, it was a long day is all I'm trying to say. So I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure he pitched, but it was uh, it was a good day in the end. But, yeah, I'll say I'll say police that gets demoted to the bullpen or trade, and I'll say Savali gets hurt or traded. I know we're saying, like, you know, health has been something where you have a knock on for Savali, but Morris is the same thing. If it's not more, yeah. If it's not Morris, if it's not Morris, I don't know. You know, a speedo has to be added to the forty, yeah. as well. And I don't know. They're going to be so careful with his innings yeah. this year, and I could see him as a bullpen weapon leading the year. Like I feel like he's going to yeah. be coddled, but I could see him like honestly, like with what he has, he is that perfect guy that you bring up in August, kind of like what they did you know, late with, with Will Morris. Brennan and some of those guys and Morris and like have him in that. Cause his stuff's so good. If he is healthy, like listen, Emmanuel but, class, a might be the best reliever in baseball. So in 99 is really good. Don't take like 99 is a top 20 reliever right now in baseball. I'm not saying this is a knock on him. People think I'm but like Espino is immediately your number two reliever. If you call him up, that's how good his stuff is. Yeah, well, we t- we talked about it on a pi- on a pi- uh, past show, but yeah, just the bullpen. Uh, if, if they keep if they keep ninety nine, if they don't trade him, which could be an option we talked about, but if they keep him and they have Stefan and they have Classe, Henches and, and his and Henches, and you and you and if, it depends on what Morris's role is, and yeah. you you and you add Daniel Spear to that, like my goodness, the game doesn't matter who look. It doesn't matter who your starting pitchers are. If that's your bullpen. Your starters can go get 12 to 15 outs. Your bullpen's going to take care of the rest. Like, you're going to want to pull everybody but Shane Bieber. You're going to want to pull out for the second time to the order because you're going to be un, un, ready to unleash the freaks. Like, the, that is a freak bullpen, and you're just ready to let them, let them loose on everybody. We didn't even talk you know? about, like, Nick Sandlin, who had his ups and downs, but overall was good. And Yale, like, well, had, like, he had health issues, it. too. You yeah, know, and was great. Morgan had good, yeah. I, I had points. It's like, it's unbelievable, and that's why, again, I'm still all for if you can – you're not going to be able to trade a reliever to get a starter. That's not going to happen. But, like, I, I – They don't need I to. Would, no, I, I would definitely trade a reliever. I don't know. If it, if it netted you a bat, if it netted you something interesting, uh, I – yeah, I, I don't know. Like, And especially, like, as we get deeper into this year, like, at the deadline, when relievers go for exorbitant amounts of prospect capital, like – you know, think about what we traded for Andrew Miller, even though like in the course of like two weeks, everyone who was traded for Andrew Miller, like, or no, it wasn't in two weeks. Everyone who was traded for Andrew Miller was released this off season. <laughs> uh, every single piece of that trade ended up being a player who was released or not re-signed this off season. But that was a huge capital trade. So it's like, you know, hey, if you get to that point in the year and Cody Morris is unbelievable, then I don't know who knows what you can, maybe you can net a three team deal and do something, but there, that bullpen is, we, we haven't focused on it yet, but my goodness, it's shaping up and I'll put the mother of all jinxes on it to be the greatest bullpen of my lifetime. Far and away. And, and like be. a historic bullpen. Like this could be 
one of the greatest bullpens ever. I'm going to put that out there. It could hot be. take. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's a hot take at all. Do you have I think anything it's else? A very rational take. Yeah. Do you have anything else before we hit the after show and try to break down what these rotations are going to be across four levels? Oof, I'm ready to dig in. Make you're sure you check in? that out because we're gonna we're literally gonna tell you who we think is start gonna be in the rotation. So if yeah. you're ready to if you're ready to hit a minor league game up, which I'm I'm more than ready. I've been ready for months to see a minor league game. Uh, there was some near me. I'll be hitting the Northwoods this summer. Uh, I don't know. Does does uh, Lake County play in Beloit? Are you? It's not close. close. Beloit is still uh, like a 40, 40 plus minute drive. Uh, I, dr- I drive that far to Lake County and Akron. No, I know. It's it's just hard with kids. I also don't have kids. I don't have yeah. kids. Yeah, so. That, that's my separator. Yeah. Two kids under five makes a lot of things more difficult. Uh, but uh, I want to thank you all for listening, rating, reviewing, downloading. It helps. Uh, remember to click the button and do all of that jazz that everyone else literally says to do. You know. And uh, yeah, we just appreciate you. We love the interactions. We love the comments on Twitter. Uh, I respond all to of all of them. Uh, no, you, even when you're negative, I will say thank you for your comment and move on. Um, but we we appreciate the interactions and the support that has helped grow this show. A year ago at this time is when this thing started on YouTube, and I was doing 26 views. Uh, <laughs> 26 views in February of last year. We're now uh, we look at yesterday's show where we hit 300 plus, and we're like, oh, that's a low one. So just you know, a thank you to everyone there in terms of the YouTube and and even the watch rate is is up. So. Uh, I just, I think that's all thanks to uh, my fantastic co-host, Other Side. But uh, thank you all for listening and go, go Guardians, go.